That's music to my ears, Lyle. It is me too. It does nothing except except bring out the real James Dockery and all of us. We want to welcome everybody. We want to welcome everybody to Pan Fish Weekly. Mark, we got a great guest tonight. We're going to have some fun. We're already having some fun. We get. Uh, I took a pretty good beating over on the the uh, bait shop tonight with with Dockery and and Chad and. And you know I'm nothing but nice to them guys. I don't know why they do me that way. I, would, I have no clue. I would not do that to either one of them guys. I'm a witness to how good you are to those two, and then they just walk all over you, man. It's ridiculous. In the mornings, when we're being nice, they they call me dad, and in the afternoons, they do me this way. It just it's mm -hmm. it really is. But you know, boys will be boys, and. Uh, James Dockery will be James Dockery. That's he know, absolutely I, will. I can't say nothing else <laughs> about him. Welcome everybody. We're gonna have a great show tonight. We're just having a little fun with those guys. We got Darren Kim on a, on the show with us tonight. He is a crappie fishing magician from Lake of the Ozarks and absolutely tears him up. He's been a little under the weather, but welcome to the show tonight, Darren. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I uh, I know that you have been down with uh, illnesses for a while, but man, oh man, uh, when last summer and last fall, you was absolutely destroying crappie up there at the lake. Yeah, we sneak up on some dumb ones once in a while. So, here's <laughs> <laughs> no, to the dumb ones. <laughs> we have fun with them, though. It, it's fun to get on them, get after them. What's your favorite way of catching crappie? Absolutely, hands down, shooting docks. That's I. I knew most. That's what it was, and and uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have to come up there, and you're going to have to give me a lesson on that. Um, we had Mike Baker on last week, and he was talking about shooting docks and long lining and and several other things. But I knew most that that shooting docks was your favorite way, and man, you've really been successful. Uh, there's you caught some giant crappie out of there last year. Yep, that Lake of the Ozarks is really, you know, probably one of the most underrated fisheries in the United States, just all around, man. And, uh, you know, the crappie fishing is just, there's so much structure. You know, we got about 27,000 docks on Lake of the Ozarks. So, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's there's plenty of targets for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, now, there, what other kind of structure do you to you uh, target crappie on up there. I know there's lots of trees and stuff that's been submerged. i tell you what, we like, uh, you know, big shot rock banks, you know, pre-spawn <laughs> fish and stuff like that, staging on them, um, points. You know, there's a, there's a lot of good points. And, and this time of year, you know, uh, if we didn't have all this ice, you know, if you catch an afternoon, it's got a little southwest wind blowing up on a point, and you can really get on some good fish up shallow, you know, in – six eight ten twelve fifteen inches of water up there just and and they're they're very easy to uh you know you can duplicate that that pattern all over the lake when you get that weather like that that's awesome now i know mark's got a bunch of questions for you he's a big crappie guy I i'm do. not as much but i want to, before i turn it over to him i want to ask you uh how good is the bluegill fishing actually on the lake the bluegill fishing, if you know what you're doing, is very good. There are some absolute giants that can be caught on these bluffs 
in the summertime. That's what I like. Yep. And I tell you, <laughs> in the in the summertime, a lot. Uh, I'll get off work or something in the evening. You just need to relax a little bit, and uh, I'll take a twelve foot jigging pole and just take a bobber and a worm and just get in behind these docks and drop that bobber and that worm in behind them docks. And uh, sometimes it's a five pound catfish. Sometimes it's a four or five pound bass or, you know, who knows what you're going to catch, but it's yeah. just really fun to kind of, to get back in there and, and, you know, it just anything that'll pull, we'll pull back. That's, <laughs> That's, That's what we like to hear. We'll get we'll get back with you in just a little bit. I want you to tell everybody about your boat, but I know Mark, he just can't wait to ask you some questions. Let's go, Mark. So I understand Lake of the Ozarks is frozen over, correct? How are those docks doing after all that? Um, we have quite a bit of dock damage, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, the main channels, uh a lot of guys showing some pictures there. We're starting to get some open water, you know, on the bigger water where the wind can blow on a little bit and warm it up some. Uh, a lot of the back of the coves and stuff like that are still froze up. Uh, my buddy Matt Sutcliffe up at Bear Bottom Resort there, he cut some four or five inches of ice around docks at his place today. So um, okay. we still got a ways to go. But uh, so far, I mean, it kind of looks like maybe the with the with the channel melting out the way it is, maybe we're not going to have these big chunks floating around tearing up stuff. You know, mm -hmm. If we fall it out and, and get them back in the water, you know, we, that's we good people, you know, they, that, that they get their docks back and, and, and not have too much trouble. There's a, I know there's a lot of docks on that lake. It's, it's incredible how many there are. So, I mean, yep. there's bound to be some damage. Yep. All right. So I guess my question about um, ice and all is how are you going to go after them as soon as the ice is thought up enough for you to get on the water? Um, What's your tactics for that? I tell you probably. And again, like I said, I, I've not fished for, you know, since the middle of December, but mm -hmm. before it iced up, a lot of guys were chasing them with a live scope out in the middle of the creeks and, and either casting to them or, or jigging them and picking out a solo fish and, and catch them like that. So, you know, probably start there. And, you know, I'm, I like to hang around these main lake points on these big docks over deep water. And, you know, they just, those docks seem like they consistently hold fish year round. And, and I, I just, you know, I've, I'm kind of stubborn and I, I don't do enough to expand my fishing, but I won't leave fish to find fish. So like I said, we usually we'll start on the main lake points on them big docks and stuff like that. And, and then just kind of see what the fish tell us to do. Absolutely. When you're shooting docks, are you uh, skipping the, your baits underneath there? Or are you actually shooting them, slingshotting um, them under? I mean, a lot of them depends on what it is, you know, cause with a lot of the boat, the boat lifts and stuff like that you got cross arms and stuff like that mm -hmm. so a lot of them you have to you know skip it under and bounce it two or three times to get it back in there um if you got an open shot down some dock floats i mean obviously the farther you can get it back there before it hits the water the you know the farther back in there you're going to get it but uh you know it just and you know kind of like me however i can get it back in there it's it's uh that's what we try to any, do. Any any means necessary, right? That's exactly right. I'm not even going to kid around. I'm terrible at dock skipping, but I or dock shooting. I plan on on working on that a little bit this year. But um, I I do better in uh, 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 boat lifts with cross members yep. for some reason. I don't know why that is, but I found out that I, I definitely find more fish if I fish 
those ramps with the cross members. So oh, yeah, I, absolutely. And they like to hang out. Anything to orient to as far as structure stuff like that. I mean, they mm-hmm. they like that. They I don't know whether it's protection or the game fish hang around it, the bait fish hang around it, or you know whatever. But uh, you know, you take that practicing man. Get out there in your garage and raise your garage door up three or four inches and practice shooting underneath. You know, that that's a good idea. I might actually, that's the first time I heard that. I might actually do that. That or get your center block and practice shooting in the holes through a center block on it. One thing at a time. Holy let's crap. not get, let's not get carried away. <laughs> one thing at a time. One thing at a time. But I'd like I to get that good someday. That that's what the goal is. So mm-hmm. I know we had Mike Baker on here last week, a real nice guy, and he was he was talking about getting them underneath between those uh, uh, styrofoam floats and stuff. Yep. And I was like, man, if I could get that good, I'd be a heck of a lot better. So I got some goals for this year, definitely. Well, my nemesis are the ones where they put the carpet down about three inches above water. Oh, know? really? And, and you drive by with the side scan, and it's just loaded up with big old crappie. But it's just – that's your nemesis, man. It's you. Is trying to get in underneath that stuff. So do they do that on purpose to keep you from shooting under the docks or – I, I don't know. It's it's more for rubbing. Boats. Rubbing, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Very cool. I mean, very rarely do you see anybody set something up to, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of hamper a fisherman stuff like that. Most of them are pretty cool people. Do you have any river experience? We got a question here from someone who fishes rivers, um, or do you just pretty much fish the lake over there in Lake of the Ozarks? Uh, I am pretty much a Lake of the Ozarks fisherman guy. Okay, got- and you experience on the river but not much crappie okay he says what would be a a, a good starting point for finding Sakalate crappie uh in a swift and deep river brush. can you help him with that structure. brush brush structure. Mm-hmm. yep find some brush we that's where i would start i mean i'm sure there's some river guys that you know maybe a place where they're anywhere where they're you know there's maybe not as much current or something like that but you know it, it, when all else fails find the brush you know uh, Betty Jean Cross is asking for some tips for. <laughs> she says, "Best advice for someone uh, trying to learn dock shooting and how not to shoot your jig into the next county." Um, you did mention the garage door and the cinder block; those are good tips. Um, yeah. And anything else you can share with her? Um, just or you know, start out in the yard shooting at a soda can, or just you know, anything. Um, like I said. Uh, one thing that I do, and I don't honestly know that anybody else does it, or you know, and some guys are picking it up, but most guys shoot docks with a with a spinning reel, and I use a a, a Fluger President trigger spin, and it just really simplifies things. You, there's no bail to flip, you know. There's no, um, you know, it just all you gotta do reel it up that first eye, squeeze that trigger, pull her back shoot it and let go of that trigger i mean it just and they usually are really a slow retrieve which slows your bait down under the dock which i believe you know the longer you keep that bait in that strike zone yeah so Uh, so it's a it's a low gear ratio reel is that what you're saying yep like i said it's just it's a fluger president and i use a six pound vicious or suffix high vis line and Mm -hmm. you know I see, and, and good choices. It, it, I love that suffix high vis, man. <laughs> what's that? I love that suffix high vis. I'm real happy with that stuff. Yeah, it, it ambitious both are, are great, great lines. Very cool. Uh, and you said it was a Fluger presidential trigger spin. I'm definitely going to look that yep. up. 
Yep, it's a dark blue reel with a black face on it, and they're they're about forty bucks, and uh, they're just a very very simple, tough reel. You very know? cool. And, and you can you know most stores carry them. I mean, Academy Sports and you know it's a different place like that. You know, you can pick them up about anywhere, but uh, you know they just again anything that a guy uses to catch fish that's what works and that's good and you know but but that is uh that's been a simple way for me to do it and i try to keep it simple um one of the whenever i go fishing with somebody who wants to get into crappie fishing they always ask me how fast to retrieve and i tell them retrieve as slow well retrieve so slow it almost hurts <laughs> is that not a good that's a good explanation isn't it yeah, um, and even not retrieving when you're when you're mm -hmm. when docks, you know, kind of drop it back in there and just kind of jig it a little bit, you know. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes that fish is going to be as soon as it hits the water, he's going to hit it. You know, sometimes if they're a little farther down the water column, you know, you may have to let it fall. You know, a twenty-five or a thirty count to get down to them. You know, what I mean, just kind of, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they want it slow. You know, sometimes they want it dead stick, just held right there in their face, and and not sometimes. Much. And then sometimes it don't matter what you do; they're gonna tear it up. So I mean, again, try to. And I know this probably doesn't help much, but you know, people you'll become a much better crappie fisherman if you kind of let the fish dictate to you what they want instead of you know. I was always guilty about man, that looks like a great spot, and I fish it and fish it and fish it and fish it and not catch anything. And then, you know, as electronics get a little better, whatever, you drive by there, these places you're beating up, there ain't a fish there at any time during the year, but it looks good. And then you'll take a dock that you just, out of your whim, I'm going to run down and look at this dock. And you've been driving by it for five years, and it's loaded up with crappies. So. Crappies. It's funny where you find them. Eric Massey, Jig Company, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good follower of the channel. He wants to know how you deal with waves when you're shooting docks. Uh, makes it tough. <laughs> Timing know? probably, right? What's that? Try to get the timing down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, um, and sometimes you just have to go find something else, or go back in a cove and find a dock that's that's kind of just back out of the channel. You know, um, the best advice I got for that is get up, get out early before the big boats get out, and get your fish caught before they, mm -hmm. before it's a, uh, or you know, or late in the evening or whatever. But uh, waves can be a challenge. Um. I'm not sure what uh, Steve Steve is saying. He says, "Can you talk ratios and arbor size?" But I'm not sure what he's he's talking about the uh, spinning reels about what kind of oh, oh, okay. ratios. Spinning, um, <clears throat> spinning reels. The uh, I know what he's talking about the arbor size. Um, the bigger arbor reels are better for shooting docks because the uh, the line comes off of it better. And I think you probably on your spinning reel, if you use a little bigger auger than like some of the micro spins, I mm -hmm. think you see less line with a with a taller bale on it. If you're looking at the if that, that you're, you're not you're you're not cranking that line in such a tight radius, you know. Mm -hmm. So and and getting them, you know, getting them close to full too. You know, anything you can do to reduce the resistance of that line coming off that arbor is gonna help you with your distance. Absolutely. Um, and I, and also another note to that is the the in a cast the less the less change in directions your line needs to take from back and forth the better you're going to be too. But that's like that's really getting picking 
you know, that's oh, that's yeah. getting a, a little carried away, but that's how I look at things. So, well, and you know, and there's <laughs> technology too. There's a, it's called an airwave guide, and it's actually, uh, you know, a full size spinning guide, but then it's got a micro guide in the center of it. You know, and there's some there's some merit to that getting that big loop out of that line as fast. Yep. You know, I mean, you wouldn't think it would make a difference, but it does. I thought it would hinder it until I had my first experience with them. And, and the owner of the company, I'm not going to mention the rod company, me and him got in an argument back and forth. He's like, Mark, just try it. I did. I had to call him back and apologize. I felt pretty bad about that. Yeah, that's yeah, they're, <laughs> they look weird. But, I mean, they. I, I do believe there's something to it, though. I, I agree 100%. Uh, so hopefully that answers his question. So what kind of when you're shooting docks, um, how, are you using a standard jig head weight, or are you uh, uh, changing like you would anything else? I'm a, I'm a one sixteenth round head, ninety nine percent of the time. You know, it's just uh, I, I know how it falls. I know how it behaves underneath the water. Um, again, probably kind of a stumbled fisherman because I know some guys that. We'll switch down to a 32nd on a on a maybe a slower bite or whatever and you know i'm probably guilty if a if i'm not getting them out there on that 16th i'll probably load it up and go and watch a ball game or something like that so well you're fishing a heck of a lot deeper water i mean if i'm looking for them and i'm downsizing i'm looking at seven feet of water if you're yeah. fishing you were saying what 20 30 feet of water sometimes um i i tell you a lot of my favorite water to fish is probably 12 to 20 22 foot of water Yep. You know, that right out on them, right out on them points of the main lake docks and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, but, but no, um, like I said, I just, I, I just kind of just went with the 16th and like Perfect. I said, and generally I don't even have anything else in the box. So I'm kind of, <laughs> times, but, but, uh, that's, that's just kind of what I do. Very cool. And, you know, and, 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 uh, cut that in half with like a 30 second on jig. It would take forever for it to get down to the depths you need. So just yep. so and, you get an idea. And, there, and, you know, and again, too, on a light bite, there's some merit to that. You know, that goes mm -hmm. back to keeping that, that bait in that strike zone. As long as you can, you know, you want to give that fish as, as much of an opportunity as you can to decide to say, hey, that's something I want to eat. So, you know, I mean, that's, uh, they're not throwing any shade in that direction. You know I mean? They're, they're absolutely. They're, when, when that's the way to go. Well, Lyle had some boat questions. Yeah, I seen your boat, Darren, and and it's amazing boat. I thought just thought you'd like to tell everybody that's watched the show about it, just simply because everybody don't get to see a boat like that every day, and they sure don't get to fish out of one like that. <laughs> well, um, about uh, a year and a half ago, we started looking and. Uh, the Ranger guys, Randy Hopper and, and Keith Dan and all the guys, uh, they got back together after, uh, you know, they sold the Ranger stuff and they producing the, the Vexus line of boats, which is just, again, I'm very proud of it. But they're uh, just an incredible, incredible boat. Um, the, everybody knows what those guys, what kind of a boat they're capable of producing. They've been... They've been producing a great boat for years and years and years. And there's just uh, this Vexus line is just loaded with technology and fit and finish is second to none. And uh, like here on Lake of the Ozarks where it's pretty rough, 
Uh, I've got a, it's an 1880, it's 18 foot, 10 inches uh, long, and it really, really runs well in this rough water. And and how big a motor do you have on that boat? I've got a 115 horse Evinrude uh, E-Tech, the Gen 2, and mm -hmm. uh, it's about a 50, 51 mile an hour boat, which for what I do is plenty fast. I know a lot of guys like to run 70 and 80 or whatever in, in even faster and, or faster <laughs> exactly. and and but uh you know most of the time i do most of my fishing within four or five miles of my ramp and i can fish for a you know i can fish for a week week and a half on a tank of gas and we got her loaded up with hummingbird and garmin stuff and it just uh really really works well on a crappie around here well now when you started talking about hummingbird and and Garmin, that brings us into another subject. You know, I'm a big hummingbird guy, but uh, Mark and I visited with Mike last week yep. about hummingbird or and mostly Garmin. Garmin. I'm and, a Garmin guy, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> and um, I had some questions about it, so I started checking them out a little bit, even past what we had discussed with him. And this morning, Mark and I uh, and and James and was on <laughs> a, a chat, and we're discussing well how bad we need that Garmin, you know. <laughs> so maybe you can enlighten us a little bit more about um, what you think about them and how important they've become to people catching a, a more fish. Uh, First off, I want to quantify something that um, the boat I'm running now was pretty much state of the art, whatever, but it wasn't always that way. Right. Uh, just a year and a half ago, I fished out of a 17 foot John boat with a 60 horse seven root on it. And I started out with a five inch hummingbird on it. And that was kind of how I got started into shooting docks was Terry Blankenship, uh, which probably the best crop of fish from on Lake of the Ozarks. I mean, and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and is just very, very free with information. We was working, getting my hummingbird set up and he shot back underneath the dock and pulled out, just pulled him out, pulled him out, pulled him out. Like, hey, what's this? And that's kind of the monster that created the monster of the dock. <laughs> <laughs> that was something like, that's pretty stinking cool, man. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, no, um, Terry is just, uh, you know, I don't, we don't, we're not around a lot, each other a lot, but I tell you what, when Terry's talking, I'm listening. And if anybody ever gets a chance to be around him, ask the questions, or if he's talking, just shut up and listen because, you know, he doesn't say an awful lot, but when he says something, you know, it, it it's worth listening to. So, um, but, uh, excuse me. No problem. Um, <clears throat> I'm a hummingbird guy, and I always, I mean, I always have been. Uh, I got high hopes for the new Mega Live that they just kind of, they just released and showed the, the transducer today, which is, uh, you know, kind of the live stuff that, that, that goes around the Garmin there. But um, uh, the live scope is really an interesting piece of technology, and it's a, it's become quite a polarizing uh, discussion, you know, when, when you start talking to guys about it. You know, they say, well, it's not fishing or, you know, um, I mean, and again, I've only been crop fishing about 10 years, but uh, 
I, I think they probably said that about when the, you know, when the first fish finders come out and then I agree. The they did. And then when the 360 come out. And so, um, it is a incredible tool, but I will also say it's probably the most frustrating 3000 bucks you'll ever spend. <laughs> I've heard that too. <laughs> and there's a pile of them there and you drop a jig down there and they won't touch it. You want to kick the whole thing off in the water <laughs> and make a ditty because you know they're there and you can't do nothing with them. And just, but, you know, what have I spent my money on? So, but uh, no, it is. Um, I, I run a Mega 360 Hummingbird with it too, which is a great, great piece. Um, shooting docks. Uh, I primarily use the live scope for finding depth. And then the Mega 360, you know, for position on dock stuff like that. Um, they're just a, an awesome combination together. Uh, you know, it does uh, create the ability to target big fish. I mean, that's no, there's no doubt about that. And, and guys are catching more fish and, and guys are catching bigger fish. Um, you know, do we need to be putting them two pounders back? Absolutely. You know, I'd be lying if I said I never cut. A pound and a half fish you know i like to eat crappie and and them big slabs are good blackened on that blackstone griddle you know oh, so, oh yeah they, they are now you're talking <laughs> but um, um, i tell you honestly for me um i think the missouri department of conservation is hands down the best in the business in managing our resources i agree and i believe that they are on top of the game and uh you know, I, I think guys need to fish and and let the biologist deal with the fish population. And, you know, and like I said, again, I encourage you catch a two-pound crappie. I, I mean, again, if a guy cuts a two-pound crappie, that's his decision. He's well within the legal limit and well within his right yeah. to eat that fish or mount that fish. Or, you know, yeah. and I, we get into this discussion with catfishing and stuff like that, too, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. it... it, it if a guy harvests a fish legally, that's it. That's the key word. That's legally and ethically, then man, that's your business. That, I, that, I'm, that's right. I'm, I, I'm not going to get involved in that. You know, I have my opinion, and I'm getting better about keeping that to myself. Well, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been on the both sides of that for a long time, and I've been yep. on on both sides. Really, yep. I've actually been on both sides. Sure. And I can see where it comes from the from the from both now do i i never keep a big fish and it's hard for me yeah. to keep any flathead yep. because i love them things yep. but if you catch one it is yours yep uh if i have catch a big one which i've got a, a giant channel cat that i caught at, at some point i'm going to have a replica made of it right and i turned it back we got all the measurements and everything all, but Absolutely. if i catch a big blue i might do that yep. the only issue is them replicas are really, really expensive. They're proud of them. Yeah. But if you weigh that versus that fish still swimming. That's maybe, exactly yeah. right. Absolutely but, right. You know, it gets to pass that gene along. Yep. We, we, we like to push responsible harvest. Use, use your head, people. You know, think about what you're doing. The little ones don't taste much different than the big ones. Catch two two little ones and put the big yep. one back. Yep. You know, That's and like we look at it. I don't even, um, like I said again, I'd be lying if I said I didn't cut a pound fish, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, they're, but a two pound fish, that fish is, I'm going to take some pictures, you know, I'm going to get on Facebook. I'm going to beat my chest a little bit. 
Heck yeah, man. Put her back in the water, and, and then we're going to go on, you know. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm still trying to heal up from them times when you was, was getting them three-quarter pounders and getting just lines of them where you was catching them. I just yeah. – I couldn't believe that. You was some kind of thing going on over there where you was catching fish for last year. I don't remember what it was now. Yep. Yeah, we – we last year was – and i tell you what, the Lake of the Ozark crappie took a beating last year with the COVID, man. Yeah. Well, everybody <laughs> didn't, didn't have nothing to do. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but no, it was a, it was a good year, you know, and, and the fall, you know, it's a great time to fish. And actually right now till the middle of March into March is my favorite time to fish. Well, maybe my too. a little bit because we're not used to getting the ice and the extreme yep. cold here. Right. That we had the last couple of weeks. Now it's been beautiful the last three or four days here, yep. but we still got to get all that ice away. Absolutely. So me and you can get up there and do some fishing because yep. Yep. there ain't no boats. There ain't no yep. boats going in no boat ramps that I'm aware of right now. Yeah. Ask yeah. maybe Chad and the river warriors over there. Yeah, they might be in they're there. Down in there where <laughs> men are men and chickens are running scared. <laughs> Betty has another question. She wants to know if you enjoy targeting any other species of fish, uh, Darren. I tell you what, um, I love to chase blue cats with jug lines with the kids. You oh, know, yeah. I showed you that video the other day of my son. Mm -hmm. and, his buddy, and I tell you what, man, you want to get a kid hooked on fishing, take him out there and put 10 or 15 jugs out there and get a, get a 25 or 30-pound blue cat on there and let them – Stand back, don't let them get hurt, but stand back and let them figure it out. Yeah, um, it's like 20 bobbers floating around with big fish on the end of them. How can they not love it? Right? Well, the yeah, thing no. is, Lake Ozark and Truman's so full of small fish yep. that it's the greatest way to keep kids entertained and get them turned up on the on fishing because there's not that much idle time. They're just with yep. hot dogs and bait like that, they're just constantly going down. Yep, yep, gets you some sodas and some chips and a sandwich. And go out there and just not be too serious about any of it. And, you know, I'm probably guilty of that even about my crappie fishing a little bit. I mean, I just, it's fun, man. You know, I'm, I'm generally not a tournament fisherman. Um, you know, people ask why. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I absolutely hate 5 a.m. Amen. I'm I, with you. <laughs> if there was a crappie series that was from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., Count me in, but like I said, I just. I don't know. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, let's talk a little more about electronics. All right, we talked about the live scope and the uh, and the hummingbird version of it. Right. Um, I know a lot of people here in chat. They do have side imaging. Um, what, what's the best way about going about using? Let's say what what's available to us at this time being side image when you're going by docks. What are you looking for? How do you pick the docks you're looking at? How fast are you going? Whatever you can do to help. Most of my side scanning. Um, is on docks. Um, mm -hmm. You're trying to stay, you know, 20, 25 feet back off that dock. Um, and you're just flat looking for fish, you know, because um, they stick out like a sore thumb, very easy to spot. Um, one thing I have kind of changed the fishing style in the last few years is looking for the biggest school of crappie I could find. You pull in there, catch a couple off of it, and they quit. You know, um, I've really started to, to look for 
schools of fish of six, eight, ten fish, you know, and they uh, they they seem to be bigger fish and they seem to be more catchable fish. You know, um, you pull in a, uh, you know, I can show you pictures of uh, of docks that's got 200, 300 crappie on it, and they're impressive to look at, but they can, there's an awful lot of eyes there, you know, taking mm-hmm. your buddy off the bar seat next to you. Uh, beaten, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, but no, just, uh, targeting smaller schools, um, boat control, you know, one thing is another big thing is, uh, is watching your prop wash on your trolling motor, you know, trolling motors have gotten bigger and you pull up to a dock, come in there hot and you have to spin that trolling motor around, face that dock and bump it to keep from hitting a dock or whatever. You've killed that bite. You blow that a big puff of water in that fish's face. He's probably done. So, um, you know, just attention to detail on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, there it, and it's a lot of it's trial and error too. You know, I mean, it, it's just there is uh, <clears throat> there's absolutely no substitute for time on the water. You know, I mean, it just. I try to read everything I can about crappie. Um, I try to talk to everybody I can. You know, I get around to, you know, uh, it's one thing I've never been shy about is asking questions. And, I'm the same way. You know, one thing about Lake of the Ozarks, there is such a large number of great fishermen down here that can really, really shorten the learning curve, you know, and not just for crappie fishing, the crappie guys, but, you know, bass fishermen. You know, a lot of that stuff them guys are doing that applies. You know, um, you know, guys like Dion Hibden, you know, he told a story. We talk about brush and stuff like that. And a lot of guys will go put out the biggest brush pile they can put out. You know, he talks about putting out one log with one limb on it that holds one fish, you know, and it's going to be a four pound, five pound, six pound bass. And when he pulls up to it, either that bass is there or somebody's already got him. You know, and he, he just talks a lot about how the bigger fish don't like the competition for food. You know, I mean, back to the big school stuff, you know, a big fish is not going to lay in a, a school of 108-inch crappie, fight them mm-hmm. for a minnow. You know, he's going to go out by himself where one swims by. He's, you know, he, he doesn't have to fight 100 people to eat. So um, that's probably why he's the size he is, correct? Excuse me. Yeah. Yep. You know, and again, like I said, you know, there's. You got Terry Blankenship, Jack Uxa, Jim Dill, um, you know, Terry Blankenship, Rob Reeves, Ken Miller, Eric Webster. I mean, there's there's just, you know, Billy Don Surface, uh, Marshall Albertson. You know, I mean, there's just a, there, there are so many good anglers around Lake of the Ozarks that if a guy's not reaching out to them guys or getting around them guys and listening and watching and paying attention – and asking questions because all them guys will help you, you know, and mm-hmm. that's one thing that people think a lot of these guys, they're, you know, they're not approachable. And, you know, I'm way down on the list of even good fishermen at Lake of the Ozarks. And I get a lot of messages and, you know, we just need to be responsible when the fishermen are coming up, help them everything, you know, don't, you know, like we was talking about earlier, you know, you don't have to have a $40,000 boat with, $30,000 electronics to, to catch crappie. Um, by the time that crappie realized he's riding a John boat 
and not an $80,000 rig, it's too late for him. You know, vision and his fate's pretty much sealed. So, um, you know, like I said, just uh, be a good student of the game and, and you can really, really learn a lot by listening. I, I agree 100%. Just like anything else, start start somewhere as long as you start, whether it's in a rowboat, a canoe, a kayak. Anything. If that's where you want to stop, that's where you stop. You want to grow, keep growing. That's you know, the way you got to do it. Boats and fishes, you know. Um, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of guys here, you know, say you want to get into the electronics and start learning that stuff. There's a bunch of YouTube stuff, but, you know, hire Terry Blankenship to come hop in your boat with you and spend two hours with you in your boat. And I'm telling you what, man, you can learn more with a couple hours with guys like that than you can years of experience. You Is he a guide? This stuff like that's just a good investment. Is he a guide out there on Lake of the Ozarks? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, he, good. He's a uh, hummingbird pro staff, um, incredible dock shooter, and just super, super, super nice guy. You know, just to just – just as good as they come. I'll keep that in mind. We're planning on making a trip out there, me and the wife. So we actually had plans to hit the, the Bass Pro Shops Resort, and that kind of got cut yeah. off. So yeah. anyways, uh, I'll make sure I know that. How about you, Lyle? You want to ask some questions? I feel like I'm uh, I'm uh, taking I'm control of our guest here. I'm enjoying the show, man. <laughs> you know, uh, like I say, I'm, I, I enjoy crappie because I like to eat them. I like to catch bluegill nearly as much as catfish. And this year it may be more so since I had that shoulder surgery. And, you know, I'm not going to be able to horse some big, big cats over the side. Uh, so, but a two pound crappie, I can probably handle that. I'm on a five pound restriction. Yep. I'm good. <laughs> there, there's a question that comes to my mind is how often are you finding bluegills mixed in with, with crappie and vice versa? Um, not a lot. Not a lot? Okay. Not a lot. Now we find bass mixed in with them. You know, mm -hmm. you'll pitch bass are eating them. Three-pound bass <laughs> on foot, and you think, man, I got him now. And you roll him up, and it bass, you know, and uh, that's kind of disappointing. But, I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, like I said again, if it pulls, we'll pull back. So. That's right. <laughs> I, I got a question that, that, that I want to know, and I hear so many of these crappie fishermen talk about 12 and 10 and 12 and 14-foot rods. Um, what kind and what length rods are you using, there? Right now, um, we started off with the little three-foot-six ugly sticks, and, we you know, we kind of, you know, moved through and whatever. And um, right now, I, I really – having good luck with a, a six foot or a seven or six, six or a seven foot medium fast St. Croix bash rod. You know, really? that's, that's what I've been, you know, and hmm. kind of the you uh, wanting something stiffer than what the average copy rod is. Well, I tell you, um, and for casting, you know, I still use a, you know, a medium light fast action rod, but for the, you know, for the docks, I mean, you get him back in there and he's back on the other side of a stiff arm or a cable or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. you, you got to pull him out or break it off or whatever. And <clears throat> excuse me, um, it just it, everything is going. The, the crappie equipment has changed so much in the last 
two or three years. I mean, you got a lot of guys stepping up and using 12 pound braid. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys using, you know, two aught and three aught hooks, you know, crop fish, stuff like that. You know, I, I still use a number two, but I mean, the, everything has just gotten so much bigger, you know, well, and even like, uh, with the live scope caps and Coleman, you know, Ronnie caps, them guys, they just started using like a 25 foot dipping rod, you know, and 25 foot rod, <laughs> 25, 26 foot rod. Yeah. Wow. Out there with the live scope, trying to stay as far away from the fish as they possibly can. You know, um, most of the guys are using 12 foot dipping rods or 14 foot rods, but, uh, it just keeps getting bigger, getting bigger. The equipment keeps getting heavier and, you if you am I thinking about this wrong? If you had a twenty foot rod, you would need to shoot to dock. You could just stick yeah. that pole right in there and drop. Is that what they're doing? And those guys are more. They're not shooting dock. They're they're vertical pole and jigging with live scope. Is okay, doing, you know. But um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've got a couple of twelve foot rods, and if it's just a situation where I can't get a jig in there, I'll absolutely pull that out and dip right straight down on top of him and. And, you know, where there's a will, there's a way, I guess. Hit, I mean, hit him on the head and get him mad. <laughs> absolutely. Get him, get something in there he'll eat. But, Do you uh, think that you make them so mad or, or just aggravate them enough that they'll bite? I think at times you can create that kind of a strike, you know. I'll um, take it. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they just, I don't know. They got to get down, whatever. You know, but I mean, even in the spring, you know, there's a lot of reaction bites. And then even especially yeah. during the spawn and you got the males up on the nest, you know, they don't want anything around that nest. So, man, you could throw, you know, guys, that's what they're biting. I'm like, man, scrape whatever's stuck in the bottom of your boat and throw it up there and get rid of that because they're eating it. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, awesome. I'm looking so, forward to them days. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, they're not long off, you know. No. But I tell you what, what? guys. This bite this time of year, and them crappie are so much better eating mm -hmm. forty degree water than they are out of that seventy degree water. I mean, and they're it, good then. It's a different. Well, it's like a catfish out of cold water. Yeah, they're 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 just a, they're a different. much better. Yeah, a lot more firmer, better tasting. The water's a lot clearer. They're not breeding blood uh, all mud all the time. Absolutely. But I'll take them in that seventy degree water any day. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, not, not turning them down. No, 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 no. <laughs> nope. Oh, so uh, when you're when you're picking baits, are you looking at color, silhouette, size? How how, how do you manage that? What, what's your go-to methodology uh, for for selecting baits? Anybody that knows me knows that if I'm casting, I've got a chartreuse and a monkey milk and chartreuse strike king slabalicious on there. It's a paddle tail bait with a 16th ounce pink head. Um, Did you say chartreuse and monkey's milk combined? I got to look that up. Milk and chartreuse. Yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, let's dig one out here. I'll show you what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've, you know, those are like two of my go to colors. I've never seen them together. I don't know if you guys can see that. We'll get close to the camera there. Oh, yeah. There you go. Paddle tail. Oh, I have seen those little paddle tails. Yeah, I like those. I personally think that's the best clear water bait that's ever been made. 
you know, there's guys that will argue that. Um, shooting docks, um, uh, like at Lake of the Ozarks, uh, the Bobby Garland Purple Mist, uh, Albino Shad, um, Blue Ice is probably the number one color at Lake of the Ozarks in the clear water. Um, you know, I mean, just a, a lot of natural colors. And, and there's a lot of guys pouring some, you know, some smaller local guys that are pouring just some some incredible baits too, you know. So, you know, check those guys out as well. But like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got a million other colors, but most of them are just there to ride around the boat. So, yeah, I, I I know the feeling. <laughs> I really do know the feeling. I got my go-to colors, and those are the ones I end up buying over and over again every year. So, well, And you know what? I think that there's a lot of different colors that work. And, you know, you know you can get on a forum and you can ask what's the best color ever made. And there'll be 100 different guys swear that their bait is the best bait that's ever been, you know, thrown into crappie water. And I have to say they are absolutely correct because their bait is what they fish the best. It's what they have confidence in and that's what they're going to be more diligent with. You know, I'm guilty of, you know, if I'm fishing with somebody and they catch a few and I'm not catching anything, I was like, Hey man, you know, give me one of them. I'm not too proud on that kind of stuff. You know, you grab one and you throw it a few times like, Oh heck, this ain't working. I'm right back to what I do. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, colors matter, but, you know, if you've got confidence in something, and that goes with anything, you know, you're going to fish something that you've got confidence better than anything else. So, you know, a lot of times colors catch fishermen. So I think so. I've, I've been hearing a lot of talk about yeah. uh, actual silhouette size and, and size of baits having more of a of uh, of an effect on fish biting or not than than yep. colors do whether i believe that or not i don't know that might be something for you guys with live scope to tell me if it's true or not <laughs> here's the thing you know if if there was not something to some of that uh we would never ever fish anything but a minnow because mm -hmm. that's their natural food all the time you know so in theory there should be nothing better than a minnow colored minnow shaped jig but here we are. We've got ten thousand different colors and twenty-seven different sizes, and most of them don't look like anything that's in the water. So you know, you know, I've I've caught one fish on a minnow, and I know there's 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 fish there because there usually is at that time of year. One fish, and I'm getting ready to quit. I'm like, let me try something else. I'll throw a plastic down there and I'll start slaying them. I can't figure it out why they do that or whatever. But if they won't, they do. I'm not proud either, though. I'll throw a minnow on them in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. So how many minnows do you take out with you when you go out on a day? Most of the time I don't take any, you know, unless we get into a situation where we need them. But uh, like I said, usually I'm a jig fisherman, but, you know, in the wintertime or if we got the kids or something like that, man, we'll throw some minnows on there and just beat on them good. Well, yeah. that's just like taking the hot dogs and the, and the jugs out with the kids. Minnows and crappie go together like – you know, and you know what that thing is when you take a fish, you know, I, I try to tell guys, man, when you take your kids fishing, lay your rod down, you know, then catch the fish, leave it alone, give them the undivided attention. And if they ain't biting, go home, you know, um, if play ball or something, do, do what you got to do to get these kids interested. You know, I've like a lot of times when I'm fishing, you know, I got a ton of baits and, 
you'll go down alongside a row of docks and there'll be a kid sitting there fishing. You know, if they're catching, you know, if they're not, throw them some baits what you've been catching them on. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and you, you want to make a friend with a dock owner or with a mom or a dad, you know. That's a good way of doing it. That's absolutely right. And that's our future of our sport. I know? agree. I mean, it ain't going to be very long till these kids that are fishing now, they're going to be making the, the decisions of, of of what we do. And, you know, heck, our kids are going to be picking our nursing home before long. So <laughs> that's yeah. 100% correct. Some of us sooner than others. No right. comment. So much for that. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, be good stewards of your environment. Uh, be respectful of people. And that's the big thing, too. You got a lot of dock owners down here, you know. They, you know, while they don't own the water, you know, they, they own that dock and, and, you know, and this is another hot topic, you know, uh, I've always found that showing some respect and, you know, or, or if you got some people down there say, Hey, you know, just ask, say, you want to see what's under your dock and just have them hop on the boat and run around the dock real quick with your electronics and show them what's around it or whatever, you know, it's just, uh, it yeah. just, be be a good be a good representative of our sport. We um, Cindy and I was was at the um, at the lake last year, I believe it was last last spring, and um, we was dragging some baits down through there, and, and we come up on a couple of guys fishing off their dock, yep. and we made a big swing out around them, so yep. we didn't interfere with them. Yep. And uh, the guy says, "What are you doing?" I says, "I'm trying not to hang up your lines." He said, "Hell, we don't care." Yeah. You can come up in here. We know there's catfish up in here. We're yeah. catching crappie. We won't bother us. Yeah. I was, man, we just don't do that. Yeah. We just we just don't bother you. I yeah. said there's a lot of dock owners that take offense to that. And I said they own the dock and and we don't want to do anything to make them mad. I'm not catching their fish, but I might be catching their grandson's fish or yeah. something. He said, Man, it don't make no difference. We yeah. want to see you catch one of them big ones. Yeah. And you know, as it turned out, we did it, but it was nice enough for them. <laughs> To, to say that, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and that's even, you know, the same with another fisherman or something like that. You know, if you pull into a cove and there's guys in there fishing, man, go on to another spot. You know, there's no use to that's right body or, you know, just uh, again, there's plenty of room for all of us to fish. That's right. Uh, spread out and show some respect and yep. And and like I said, you just we all look bad if one person is out there doing the wrong thing, doing stupid stuff on the water. That's correct. And, and it, it's not, it's not just on the water there and it's on, it's on social media and everything. Yeah. Else. Yep. And that's what we talk about kind of when we, when we get back into these heated discussions, I'll say about what we catch, what we don't catch, what we do, what we keep, what we, this, what we, that. That's right. And that all goes back to, you know, we all have our ideas of what proper conservation is and how things should be run and how things should be done. But at the end of the day, as long as you're fishing morally and ethically, you know, that bag limit is there for a limit for a reason. And it's set by people. I say there are, I know they're a lot smarter than I am. So, Me too. I agree know, with that. I mean, a few years ago when the slot fish started there on Lake of the Ozarks, Man, I growled and carried on, and you know, I just, I was happy. That's terrible, <laughs> you know. And I tell you what, a few years into it, you're really starting to like the four point restriction on the deer. Yeah, you, know, you really see the the 
the, the, the positive results of it. So I, uh, I tend to yield that kind of stuff to the biologists and let them deal with it. And that's a great I, analogy. Follow the law and, and have a good time with it. Yep. I, I tried to tell people when they put that limit on the, on the, and slot limit on catfish, I said, if you'll give it five years, just five. Yep. And then if it doesn't make a noticeable difference, yep. I'll heed that you was right. Yep. And I well, hear more people saying, you know what? It's been three years and I'm already seeing the difference. Yep. And it takes a blue cat, what, 12 years to go through that slot about? Pretty much. Yeah, just about. So, I've seen a difference here on the Fox River that I fish with the flatheads. They put a slot limit into effect, and it's made quite the difference. The fish are coming like out the, a lot bigger and healthier. It's kind of like the Missouri River with catfishing. They stopped all commercial fishing on the Missouri River. Mm -hmm. And I, when I, you once a summer, you would hear somebody catching a 90-pound catfish from, from uh, mid-state to Kansas City. You, right. One or two a year was all you'd hardly ever catch, and now they're catching great numbers of them up in there every year. Yep. yep. The west side of the state, and you just didn't used to hear that. Yep. And I do, I, I mean, I'll be lying. I do wish they would move the, the length limit to 10 inches on crappie on Lake of the Ozarks, but I'm sure they're, you know, there's a reason why they wow. have, you know, it's got a lot to do with the mortality rate of fish that are caught. You know, I mean, if you're catching a lot of nine inch fish and you're putting them back and they're dying because they're gut hooked or for yeah. whatever reason, then you might as well keep that fish as part of your harbor. Yeah. But, uh, so, so 10 inches, the limit on Lake Ozark, nine inches, nine inches, nine inches, nine nine inches, inches is like 15 a day, 15 a day. Now is, is it the same on Truman and Palm de Terre? Uh, Truman, it is. I, 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 I would not speak on Palm de Terre. I don't. Okay. Okay. Well, Eric was in here a while ago. I, I don't look like. I think he's working, so he's probably on his break. But uh, yep. we're going to try to figure out how we can get him on here one of these days. He and that's where he fishes yep. primarily is is Palm de Terre. Now he does go to Truman and Lake Ozark once in a while, but he primarily yep. fishes uh, Palm de Terre. And yep. Uh, yep. you know, I I know that. That lake is, although they catch a lot of bass and have tournaments over there, and there's a lot of catfish caught, I don't think there's any tournaments about anything for catfish over there. It is a crappie lake. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And there's just so much brush. And, yeah. You know, I mean, this weed line around that lake is unbelievable. It's it's a it's a it's a deal. Now, I did win a bass tournament on Truman Lake here a few years ago. Did you? Yes, sir. <laughs> Out of that seventeen foot John boat. Oh wow, that's awesome! <laughs> but that's a that's I fished in three and I won one of them. So <laughs> uh, fishing for freedom tournament, the the veterans tournament over there. Oh, that's a great one to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. that's a different one, Mark. Yep, they, they have a oh, fishing for freedom down here uh, in the South Park, but it's just bass and crappie, I believe. Over there, it was just bass. Okay, it may just be bass, and that's that's why I never got involved with it. I always went to the one in Quincy. It's a franchise, so isn't it, Lyle? Yeah. Is it a franchise? No. A tournament franchise? Oh, it's no. not? Okay, my it bad. Is, I mean, that's a, it's a, uh, I don't know if it's a 501c3 or, you know, what yeah. what it is, but yeah. I mean. They're non-profit. But it's, what a great, great event. Oh, it is. And that one in Quincy, Darren, you should go up there. You could fish Mark Twain and, and yep. catch all the crappie and bass you wanted. Another great lake to catch all yep. them fish in. And yep. uh, we go up there, have been going up there for yep. nine years. 
Yep. I think. Or, or my friend. We always catfish. Kind of helps with the weighing off the fish off of Mark Twain on that one. So, um, but uh, but no, it's a. Uh, and even if you don't fish, um, you need to mark on a calendar and just attend the ceremony or the dinner before something like that. Because I mean, you want to talk about a humbling experience that it's just, uh, you know, I mean, and, and that's one good thing about the fishing community. It's a very, very, very generous community. It is. And it is a very, you know, I'm a veteran and, um, but the fishermen love their veterans. They do. Yes, we do. And thank you for your service. Absolutely. Best thing I ever did. But, uh, but I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's a sport that, that you can hang your hat on and be proud to be part of because I'm telling you what, there's, there's some big hearts in this, in this sport. Oh, absolutely. I done was honored to give the missing man speech last year at the Quincy tournament. And we're talking about thousands and thousands of people being there. And I practiced for months, Yep. practiced for months. And I fell apart giving that thing. Yep. Uh, you know, I consider myself a man's man, a tough son of a bitch. I couldn't handle it. Cry like I just baby. went to pieces and I felt like an idiot. But uh, Absolutely everybody, not. There, everybody there come up and say, man, that, that was, you, you know, it, it was from your heart. Yep. And uh, and it really is. I mean, that's a tough thing to do. The guy that they used to have doing that up there every year, I don't know how in the world he done it. i never seen him do it. But, uh, you know, I consider myself pretty tough old boy. Right. Uh, I couldn't handle that. Well, and fishing is such a, a mechanism to, you know, like for me, um, Fishing is the only place I got that I can go, and it's quiet. Yep. And all you, you know, everything else that you're worried about, as soon as you fire that boat up, that stuff's gone. You're fishing. That's right. Um, it's the best place to get in touch with your kids. It is. I agree. You know, and, 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 you know, all of us, uh, I, I was blessed last fall to uh, take a World War II veteran out crappie fishing last fall. And I'll tell you what. You know, like you said, you think you're tough or a veteran or whatever, and, and but to just sit and listen to these guys, and they'll open up and say stuff fishing that they won't say anywhere else. You know, and his daughter was talking about, you know, I've never heard him say that stuff. But, I mean, just the these guys, they're, they're just walking history books, and when yep. they're gone, and, and we need to be paying attention. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's – um, um, I have a really good friend of mine who runs uh, Kansas City or uh, All American Catfishing tournaments up in Kansas City, and and uh, another another uh, retired military guy, and and uh, Tim has has been through some stuff. You know, Dave Swearingen, he's an insurance guy, which will be on our show doing a show uh, on Catfish Weekly about insurance, boat insurance. We had him on last year, and. And uh, he's going to be gracious enough to do another one, tell you the ins and outs and what's you do and don't do and ask all the questions about boat insurance. Another uh, veteran, there's just so many. And and uh, I one of the, and I know this doesn't have anything to do with fishing. I'm sorry to take up everybody's time. Absolutely. Keep going. Years, a few years ago, I spent a lot of years ago now, I was in uh, working in Columbia, and I was eating up there by myself one night because I Cindy was, was down here. And I was sitting in um, – uh, I can't remember the name of that big smorgasbord place they got up there in Columbia. Um, it doesn't matter. Anyhow, we was, I was in the smore and I was in a little table by myself, and there was a an army gentleman on the other side of the room, 
and he was eaten by himself. And I told the waitress, I said, she said, can I get you anything else? And I said, you can go over there and tell that gentleman that if you'd like to, I'd appreciate it if you just come over and eat dinner with me. And he did. And uh, we had the greatest time. And, and he was there doing something and was going to be there for a few days. And he was by himself. I was eating dinner by myself because yep. Cindy wasn't there. And uh, I thought that they would pretty soon tell us to leave because we'd sat there so long. But they didn't. They just left right. us there. And, and sure. we had a great night. And yep. he'll never see me again. And I'll never see him again. But it's I've never forgotten. You know? Both better people for it. I think so, too. I, I agree. You guys are having quite an effect of the people on chat. There's people out there that are thanking you for your service and says they're tearing up. People are saying you were the right man. I think Roger said you were the right man for the job, if that's the effect it had on you. Well, I, I don't think I could ever do it again. <laughs> you know, if they asked me, I probably would, but I I just, uh, that's that's really a tough job. Yep. It really is. Well, and I mean, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, if you don't get emotional on something like that, then something's probably wrong. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yep. it's just, it's, uh, you know, that's what I'm it's, thinking. It's like these guys. And again, I get beat up for this and you can look in most of my fishing pictures and I got a stupid looking grin on my face all the time. Okay. I mean, you catch a big fish, may not be smiling. These guys catch these big old fish with a scowl on their face. I'm like, man, Gotta, I got friends like that. <laughs> picture, dude. Come on now. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just uh, it's good time. It's good time. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, Darren. If, if you if you ever get a chance to go to Quincy, uh, to that one up there, or if you decide you would like to go to it, they'll buy you your rooms and stuff to stay up there. And yep. uh, I, I would be thrilled. <laughs> to take yep. you out and go fishing sometime. Yep. I uh, I hope to. My job at the water park, I think that one there is usually in June. Yeah, first weekend. And it's hard for me to get away to do that. I but, understand. Uh, hopefully, I'm within a year or two of kind of backing off a little bit and slowing down some at work. And, <laughs> and I do, you know, I got a lot of, like I said, I grew up in Louisiana, Missouri, just south of it. Right. I, I was born in Hannibal, and all my family still lives in Hannibal. But, uh, you know, that's kind of my stomper ground up there. But uh, yep. so I, I absolutely will be there before it's all said and done. Well, that'd be great. If we're still going up there and making those trips up there, uh, you'll always have a ride with me anytime you want one. And, yep. and I, you know, we might not catch fish or we might not catch the winning fish. We'll have a damn good time. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, and that, <laughs> like you said, the, the, the year that we won it, again, we was fishing out of my John boat. And I had an airman, a veteran, that had never caught a bass in his life, okay? And we caught almost 15 pounds at Truman. And <laughs> it was just, <clears throat> you know. And, again, I had to draw my resources because you have to call in all your favors. When That's you have, right. You know, so about two weeks before that, I go in and talk to Marcus Sikora. I'm like, hey, man, what am I doing over here, you know? And uh, he said, I'll tell you what, D., he said, throw any lure you want to throw as long as it's black. And uh, we, I threw a black whopper plopper, and he threw a black buzz bait, stayed cloudy all day, and we smashed them. So, <laughs> you know, it, was, it wasn't because of skill. It's because we had good intel. So, yeah, you know, that's right. 
That's but, awesome, though. You know, we took a major out, a retired major, yep. and he'd never been in a boat and yep. never fished before. Yep. And I, I take them people out, and it's just like I'm a guide, which I am not. Yep. But I, they don't have to touch anything except the reel. And, yep. and this guy caught fish all day. We let him catch every fish. Yep. He had a blast. Yep. We were sitting in the lead for the biggest part of the day, and they come yep. in there, Joe Lucky and him come in and beat us out. But he had such a great time. He didn't know fishing could be that much fun. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. And I tell you what, when I'm taking somebody fishing for the first time, I don't sleep the night before. My guts hurt. I get nervous. <laughs> yep. and, it, and it's just all because, you know, you just want them to catch fish. That's know? right. And you just so, and, and everybody like, man, you need to, I could never be a guide because I, uh, I'd be a nervous wreck all the time. Oh, know? yeah. I, I couldn't do it. I don't know how they do it. I, you know, if I didn't have them on fish from the time they got there to the time we was done, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd just go crazy because that's your job. That's what you got to right. do. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but, uh, nope, it's all, what a what a, a tradition. I mean, it just, it's, I don't know. We kind of got off crop fishing, but I mean, yeah, we did. It's been a good night. And- hey, it's it's all a part of it, man. It's it's the lifestyle that we all lead, it's and all- this is definitely a big part of it. It's a welcome part of it, and it's a part to be thankful yeah. for. So that is, that's correct. I still think crappies the crappies the perfect fish. They're delicious. There's a bunch of them, and they're almost always biting. So you know, it's uh, that's true. Uh, I have one last question for you. What's yes, your sir. favorite way to prepare crappie? Um. I like to, okay, first thing I think is probably the most important part of the fish, <clears throat> excuse me, preparing them, and I can't take credit for it because my buddy Jay Garrison showed me this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right before you fillet them, take them and open that gill up and reach in there with a fillet knife and cut them gill plates. Bleed them out. And then put them back in a bucket of water for about five minutes. And when you, when you fillet them, there is absolutely not a single drop of blood in them at all. They're still alive, but there ain't mm-hmm. no in them. Okay, take them, fillet them, and uh, I like to take and chop up some some chopped garlic and melt it in some real salted butter, and uh, take them fillets and lay them out on a wax paper and coat one side of them with that butter and that garlic, and then uh, get a real heavy coat of Zatarain's blackened seasoning. Oh. And then take them out there and like a blackstone griddle or something like that, or you know, anything will work. I like, I got a blackstone, so mm-hmm. yeah, cook them on and put that butter and blacken side down. And while they're cooking, coat that other side with butter and blacken them and blacken both of them up real good. And uh, take and uh, make some fish tacos. My wife makes kind of a homemade slaw and she makes homemade apple jalapeno jelly. And oh. that's my favorite way to eat them. Oh, that sounds good to me. I'm ready to eat again. Lyle's mouth is like stuck open after listening to that. Did you see him? Hey, I might do. Same way, just like it. A catfish fillet, do the same thing. Same thing. If you black them, you won't eat them any other way. Oh man, that sounds good. In a nice cold Bud Light. I don't know if I can say that here or not. Yeah, you you absolutely can. Absolutely can. You're lucky we're not partaking in them. Never, ever, ever, ever drink on. You'll never find a beer in my boat, but you'll find plenty of them on my patio. So there you go. (laughs) 
I understand completely. I don't drink in the boat either. I don't drink no. when I drive, but no, um, no, no. I, I bring one beer. If I get that PB, I crack that one beer open. I'm sorry. That's just well, something that's, I hey, do. Hey, that's the way you do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's fine. I just um, yeah. we've done so many tournaments over yeah. the last several years that um, man, if they find out that you ever touched one, so I just don't do it. I mean. Uh, you know, we, we've done good in a few tournaments, and if you'd have had one in there, they'd accused you of doing it, and you and, got to pass a polygraph test. So I, you know. And you know what? The best way for it to never happen is for it to be a very black and white rule and very right. enforced. Uh, yep, I, I agreed. I, yep. I, I mean, that that stuff is there for a reason. Maybe yep. I'll try a tournament this Well, other than the catfish one, maybe I'll get in on another tournament. We'll see. Yep. You yep. never know. You yep. might like it. Yep. You guys are piquing my interest. For some yeah. people, it's a it's it's something that they love and and will do for a long time. For other people, they don't like it at all. They'd rather fun fish, and um, that's perfect too. Well, because we got to have both ways. I got a big mouth, and I don't know. I have trouble <laughs> keeping secrets. So if I get on a fish, I'm a, I got to tell somebody. It's <laughs> I'm the same way. You need to go talk your fishing buddy because I just. You know, so, like I said, I don't, you know, and, and I'm not big on the secret thing, you know. Yeah. Share the, share the love. Let everybody know what's going on. They can all catch more fish and everybody's happier. So, well, at Lake of the Ozarks, your secret spot is probably a hundred other guys. Secret guys, spot. secret spots. But, yeah, that's I mean, probably right. There's no place for them to hide with all the electronics. So, I mean, that's right. That is what it is. But And up there, everybody's got the best of the best. It, there, there, there is an awful lot of money spent catching fish. Yeah, I agree. But like I said again, I, I, I cannot stress enough. Um, do not let equipment or a lack of equipment intimidate you or keep you from fishing because a six dollar Zebco three hundred three from Walmart and a couple of gold hooks and fifty cents worth of bobbers will catch just as many and you get them in the right spot, they'll catch crappie too. So you, like betcha. I said, you know, I mean, don't, don't, don't ever think that, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys have heard this, you know, all of us guys beating around these fancy boats and you usually get your butt kicked by the old man, the John boat, 200 feet from the ramp. Ain't that the truth, but it does your heart good to see that. Don't oh, it? It's just, uh, you know, I, and, and that's the thing. Most of the young guys are not smart enough to listen to them old guys. You they, know, it should. They should be paying attention. They got there for a reason. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. But uh anyway, no, it's just a it's an addiction. And I don't it, it, it's just if I'm not fishing, I'm thinking about it. If I'm at work, I'm thinking about how I can skip out of work and go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I understand. Jason uh the most important fishing thing is my incredible wife, Laura. She doesn't care how much I fish. You know, usually when, like, in the spring or whatever, I'll get a text at 3.30, you're going fishing tonight, and 99% of the time it's yes. And she said, you know what? Be safe. Uh, I love you. So, I mean, i got an incredible wife. And if I can add just one more thing, guys, um, where are your PFDs all the time? Great advice. You know, um, 
and whether you wear an inflatable, wear a regular one, whatever, you know, um, we lost Jason Charlton a couple of years ago there. I, I remember that. You good friend of mine. Good buddy, um, young wife, two great young men for son. Yep. And uh, standing on the ramp that morning with his wife after we had found Jason and the water patrol broke the news for to her was absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Way harder than fighting a war in Desert Storm. You know, I mean, it, it, you just, you cannot imagine the sick feeling when that happens. And please, 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 guys, if you don't do it for yourself, you know, do it for the people that have to live without you. Yeah. Happens to you. And, and he was an accomplished fisherman. Yep. Even if you're a good swimmer, if you have a heart attack, if you fall out of the boat, hit your head, your head, you're done. So I, I, I wear mine for the time I get out of the truck till I get back in the truck. And a lot of times I walk in the house and I've still got it on because I'm just that used to it. But, you know, mm -hmm. please, guys, just be safe. Wear them and, and, and you know, weather appropriate gear. You know, let's get rid of them car hearts and stuff like that and get some some real cold weather fishing gear that's not going to drown you when you do that. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, like, again, not to beat a dead horse, we don't need to lose any more fishermen, um, you know, because a lot of it's avoidable. And above all else, you know, be safe because that really ruins a fishing trip. Yep. Sure does. That's it's exactly cool. right. You know, you was talking about Laura being so, so behind you. I have a similar situation. You know, when I, Cindy says, are, are you going fishing today? I say, yes. And she says, I'll be ready in five minutes. There you go. I'll pack the truck up for you. <laughs> yep. She's going to be in there. Um, she's made the statement a number of times. If that boat moves, she's in it. Yep. And she ain't kidding. And yep. um, it makes it very pleasurable and easy for me to get to go as much yep. as we do. Yep. And Laura goes a lot and, and she'll read or... Um, she just became a new state farm agent and she does a lot of her studying for tests and stuff like that, you know, and it's just, it's, uh, you know, we about got our kids out of high school. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's not <laughs> rain anymore. So, <laughs> more evenings with my wife on the water. Heck you know? yeah. You know, fantastic. The thing about Cindy is, you know, she won't be reading on that book, but she might push you out of the way if there's a bite and you're not, you're in the way. Yeah. Laura likes to read. And she likes to catch. You yeah. Know, when it's really good, she likes to go beat on them. That's and right. I know your wife, and she wants to beat you. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Darren, I can't thank you enough for coming on and being yeah. part of Panfish Weekly tonight. We appreciate it so much. I, I would like to get you back on maybe this summer uh, when the fishing's good and you can tell us how it's going. Anytime, anytime. I, I, I really enjoy talking to you, Darren. You're, you're, you're a wealth of knowledge and, and, and very pleasant to talk to. And thank you again for your service, my friend. Well, if we don't know what we're talking about, we'll make something up. That's kind of that's, 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 that's our just motto. as fun. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we want to thank everybody for watching Panfish Weekly tonight. Be sure to tune in uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night. I'm not sure what's going on. I think there's some stuff happening. With two or three people, I don't really know. We got the catfish conference starting out tomorrow catfish morning. You are announcing it first thing in the morning, seven. What time? Seven fifteen, I believe, in the morning or seven o'clock, and that'll be going all day and into the evening, and then the following day and Saturday, it'll be going to like three in the afternoon, I think. 
Uh, I don't have that information laying right in front of me, so be sure to, to watch that. Uh, there's links all over online that were shared. I shared them out. Check out my group. Uh, there, there's a, a an infographic there. Um, there's great stuff all during the day. I think it ends at about six. Hey, it ends at seven o'clock Friday night. So uh, thought, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see what happens uh, after that, right, Lyle? Yes, yeah, exactly right. We're not going to uh, announce everybody. Be sure to tune in to Catfish Weekly Monday night at seven. Thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.